Hey, agency owners, it's time for a new episode of the Agency Blueprint, the number one podcast for agency owners looking to discover strategies for scaling an agency to seven figures and beyond, while reducing stress and getting your personal life back. I'm your host, Robert Patton, international bestselling author, agency scale partner, and founder of Creative Agency Success. Before we get started today, I'd like to invite you to join our free Facebook group, the Creative Agency Clique. We live stream weekly trainings on tactics that will help you simplify and scale your agency. Go to creativeagencysuccess.com forward slash FP to join. And now for the show. All right, everybody, we are joined again today by Darren. We are going to be chatting about operational chaos and how that causes so many issues for agency growth and scale and profit and really just generally your enjoyment as an agency owner. I'm going to very briefly hit the general causes that we tend to see And then Darren and I are going to talk about each one of them in a bit more detail. So the here are the typical four reasons I see as what creates operational chaos. The first is self-created, meaning you, the agency owner, are responsible for the chaos yourself. You created it, you instigated it, you manifested it, and it's all our fault all our fault as the owner the other is a missing process or a process that doesn't work the next is miscommunication where someone interpreted what they were supposed to be doing differently that could be client that could be internal but miscommunication between two or more individuals and finally client issues which we could probably do 12 episodes just on the client issues one, but we'll kind of talk about client issues a bit more broadly. I'm going to let you describe a couple of scenarios, Darren, where you see agency owners and maybe even myself having created chaos. Man, like I said, I feel like you handpicked me for this episode because I definitely, one, see a lot of issues being created by people themselves. I myself have fallen victim to creating chaos and a lot of it's not just really (laughs) (laughs) i really think personally i think it comes from the self-created and the miscommunication a lot but so let's start off with the self-created though so self-created a lot of things that in my personal experience managing operations is self-created where it's i either overthink something and then i try to make a you know 50-step plan to fix it i'm either delegating it to the team and I delegated like bit by bit, like, I'll do this part. Oh, then this part, you know, I'm just doing too much. And then saving the day is my personal favorite. It's like, you know what? I'll just go ahead and, and tackle this myself. And then I may say that, you know, five times. And now my day is overcrowded and and I'm not able to get to, you know, three of the four things that I promise or three of the five things that I promise. And then, you know, just the other one is miscommunication, which I feel like is the biggest one. So, I mean, kind of going more into the self-created one. Yeah, it's just when I feel like for me personally and for people I see, it's just overcomplicating things, overreaction to things. It's like, okay, well, you may have dropped, you know, one step in your process. And now you're like, we got to redo the whole thing. Let's start all over. Let's scrap this thing that was working so well and let's redo it and forget the fundamentals of it. And then you end up making the process worse. It's just, yeah, yeah. A headache is really what you're giving yourself. And then my personal favorite is the, the saving the day. I know that I tend to, 
you know, an issue comes about, whether it be something that's simple or something I feel like is complex and I'm trying to, you know, manage the the chaos. I'm looking at, you know, what my team has going on and, and what I have going on. And I try to be, you know, just a, the best manager I can be. And, and you're like, you know what, let me just take this from everybody today. I'll figure it out and I'll fix it. And then I do that, you know, six, seven times and I end up, you know, dropping the ball or, or getting anxious for the rest of the day and like, oh my God, I have so many things to do and and just mm-hmm. mismanage overall, right? And then if it wasn't a mistake on, you know, my team's end, I was like, oh, I'll just do this myself or, or I'll just fix it. And what I've learned is that I, I robbed them of, you know, getting yep, that experience of being able to, yeah, to learn and, and fix their own mistakes in the, in the future, causing the process to be you know, slowed. But if I had given them that opportunity, the process, you know, in the future could have been something that they figured out on their own and and moved along, you know, swimmingly. Yeah. And then the other one that I said is probably the biggest one that I face or or the clients face typically is just miscommunication, right? An example that just happened last week, apparently I can't read that well. <laughs> and I thought a client said that they, the, the process wasn't working and all she wanted me to do is change the word manger to manager and I spent, you know, two hours rehauling and redoing everything because, you know, I'm just I'm either moving too fast or because I've added too many too too many things to my plate. It's, you know, just been become mismanaged overall. But on the client side, I see similar things, right? It's just like, hey, like, can you, you know, kind of change the color a little bit? And they end up redesigning the whole thing. It's like, no, I just, you know, it was a little too pink. I just wanted a little bit more red or, you know, something similar to that where it's just like, your client may have an area of concern or an issue that sounds like it's a lot bigger than what it is, but, you know, asking more questions, getting that clarification will allow you to kind of get to the root of the issue and kind of what it is that they're actually trying Uh to convey to you rather than just saying like, Hey, I don't like the color or, you know, some, some in your overthinking and overdoing and over redoing. Yeah, 100%. The one I'm going to hit on first that I think that's super important that you were talking about is that saving the day one, really, right? I mean, we all love to feel needed, wanted, desired, and... Important. Yeah, important, (laughs) right? And so saving the day feels so good, but it also, in the end, feels so bad as a result of having to be there. And largely, the thing that's even more damaging, I think, is that You have become good at what you do, great at what you do, because someone else gave you the opportunity to do it, to learn. And you're actually preventing that person from learning by not giving them the opportunity and just saving the day every time. I personally, and within reason, right, have recognized and learned that I actually need to learn to leave a void. And leaving the void allows other people to step into that space that I have left vacant and allows for someone else to actually rise to the occasion. For those that I may have thought, for situations that I may have thought that I could not get myself out of, I have largely been able to be replaced. And then I had to deal with the ego implications of that later on, but largely was able to be quickly replaced and in many instances that person did it better than I could ever have done it, which is really nice to know that it's now fully being managed by someone else. The other thing that Darren hit that I just think is so incredibly important, but I would have kind of phrased it slightly differently. It's like that that overreaction really is just self-sabotage. Like you let your anxiety get the better of you 
and then ultimately cause damage to both yourself and to your agency by just jumping into reaction mode rather than getting all the facts, learning what happened, figuring all that out, and then actually appropriately responding to the situation or even actually taking the moment to the person that was involved in that thing going wrong because more often than not, this is a, a reaction to an error or to a problem or to a client email or to something and it's just you're jumping on it on it head first and you're spinning up the team you end up spinning up the client you end up wasting loads of time and everyone ends up worse for it slow down take a moment unless you're a brain surgeon which i'd be surprised if you're a brain surgeon listening to this podcast but if you are hello happy to have you <laughs> yeah this isn't brain surgery, right? We're not saving lives. And ultimately, and there's no one's life at risk here. So you can take a moment to slow down and actually respond to the situation. That reaction often leads to micromanagement, which then leads to the team being disenfranchised, not liking their job, and just generally being unhappy. And yeah, it just creates more of an issue. I'll go ahead and start on the the next one in the processes piece of it. The first question I always ask, and Darren may or may not like this this line of, of conversation, but like I always have him, anytime something happens, it's like, what is the process, right? Like we have an error sheet that needs to be filled out when something goes wrong. And the reason of it is not to highlight the person, hey, you messed something up, but more like, how do you solve for it, right? The whole idea is solve that problem once with a process augmentation with a new process or with a person so that it isn't something we have to be doing constantly and then allow for that to be fixed one time and then we can move on with our lives but the vast majority of time we let problems really go to waste right we solve that one problem and as Darren was kind of talking about a bit is that you solve that problem over and over and over and over and over again rather than actually allowing a process to solve that problem in perpetuity. And that is such a huge opportunity that you've lost out on. And I, you've heard me say this many times, I hear operational people say this, that process and SOPs are not the sexy part of business. But I absolutely 100% disagree with that thought, that line of thinking, because your process and your systems is actually the way that you get out of the day-to-day -day of your business. It's how you get home to your family for dinner. It's how you get to go on vacation. It's how you get to enjoy life outside of the office. Right, especially if you're able to make those processes run smoother, run by themselves. It's definitely going to help you avoid mistakes. It's definitely gonna help in the long run, which is, I do believe why, while it may be boring, while it may be something that feels tedious it helps a lot in the long run trust me as a victim of somebody who has repeatedly bumped their head on you know oh i forgot to do this oh i forgot to do this oh i forgot to do this and robert being like you know you really you really could just you know just you either have it automated or you could just add a note into the actual work to make sure that you don't forget it's just like simple things can be done to make sure that your business is running as efficient as possible and everybody is freeing up their time to work on those higher 
ticket items, right? The things that are going to actually bring in more revenue, which again is another reason why you should stop with the the hero complex of like, hey, let me actually go and do these activities or fix the errors for my team because it's taking away from you doing something that will bring in revenue like sales, right? Or like, you know, working on your marketing, working on your content give you more time in the areas that are actually revenue generating instead of you being stuck in the admin roles. 100%. The the thing that I also think happens quite a lot when it comes to process is where people think that you have to like, in order to have and put a process in place, you have to like spend loads and loads and loads of time to be able to do that. Really, you don't. The, the thing that we do for process implementation that largely ends up becoming a documented process, but to begin with is just done with a video. And the thing that's more important to, to think about here is that you actually just need to actually follow what it is that you're doing right now. The other kind of block that happens with process is that people are looking for the like perfect process. You have to make it amazing or like as efficient as it possibly can in the first go round. But let me tell you what, perfection doesn't exist and you're not going to get it to that point for us go around no matter what. There's always learning lessons. And so just standardize, right? Just document exactly how you're doing it today. And then you can optimize and make more efficient in future. Yeah. I also think that is a good point that you had earlier about leaving a void. So when you are going through and you are documenting and you do have a process, sometimes the person who's actually doing the work notices something that you didn't, right? It's just like, okay, well, why are we having to copy and paste this over and over and over again when I can just, you know, have a Zapier integration that actually does it for me? And that's something you may have never thought of or it may be something like, oh, like, yes, please implement that. Like I, I've just been doing it for years. So my head is stuck in kind of what I was thinking or what the process was previously. If they can iterate on it and it still works, and iterate on it and it's and like and nothing breaks you're not missing anything it will definitely help improve the process as it goes along give you more back of your day and again you could be working on more of those activities that help generate money for your your agency yeah 100 percent. the other piece that i see happen so much is miscommunication and here they're largely the types of miscommunication i end up seeing is like interdepartmental two different departments communicating with each other. I often see loads of redoing of work because there was a misunderstanding of what needed to be done. The creative brief is lacking or missing loads of information, or there was miscommunication on behalf of the client. So the client communicated something that wasn't well documented, wasn't clarified, or the client communicated something to you and it wasn't actually disseminated to the rest of the team. And so the team took action of what they understood without that new information from the client and largely just created loads of problems. One thing that I will say helps is recording all meetings, recording yourself while you're doing the work. And that video format gives the opportunity for people to, to see it and hear it at the same time. I'm going to kind of expose myself as a, a little bit of a creeper because sometimes Robert like delegates a task to me or, hey, like the client is looking for this. And I know that all of our meetings are recorded. And I'll be like, OK, that doesn't sound right. Let me really quickly check the recording or check the Zoom room to see what they actually said 
or also just utilizing those recordings to improve the process or get better at a skill that you're trying to to learn. One of the things that I also do is check the the video recordings for like, okay, like how was this communicated? Or like, what ways can I make sure that we're all still speaking the same language, right? Because some people may not understand, you know, the jargon that we use internally, and they may use it for something else. Like, they, I don't want to have any type of of misunderstanding there because, again, you don't want to do the double work or you know mess up. And and they were looking for this when you actually provided them with that, and or maybe a typo kind of ruined the whole thing, right? So just being able to actually see and effectively also use it as like a reference and going back is like no, no 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 no. I see here you know 23 minutes into the meeting you actually said you wanted this to be in a PDF format and that's what we provided or you know what I'm saying like being able to have it there as well to utilize it just for various reasons that will help you in the long run. 100%. And you guys are going to get a live process improvement right now. One of the things that could also be useful, and I'd love the the fact that you're utilizing and going back to the recordings rather than taking up from my time to do that. But all of my recordings are also transcribed in order so that you can refer to it and utilizing and leveraging AI to summarize your meetings and utilize that. And so Darren, the next meeting you have a question on, you have order transcriptions and summar- summarized of timestamps of what was discussed in the summary of that conversation and order that you can leverage for future clarification as well. Cool. The departmental piece, the thing that I see very useful here is having a standard way that you actually communicate. So like for us, a thing that we utilize loads is Loom. We have a rule that if it's going to take you more than two sentences actually to explain something, you're supposed to use a Loom video because there's so much context largely that gets missed. It also takes a load more time so that you can actually communicate that. But also, where is that information being housed so that people have access, right? So one of the best ways that I see this actually being done is for a project to have a link to the creative brief as well as like a client background information as well. So like a document that's like an FAQ-oriented document they carries forward from project to project on that specific client. So they have all the background information that they need, links to important videos for discovery calls and initial workshops and things that people can have access to to really get to know that particular client. So that communication is truly clear from the very beginning. It, it helps save an incredible amount of time when you are actually looking at making sure that the way that you're communicating interdepartmentally is so incredibly important. The other piece from when it comes to redoing work, and I was talking with a a client fairly recently about this, and one of the things that I was describing to the creative director at this agency was that you want to actually have percentages of time. So if you're utilizing time tracking and you have your budgets for that project actually earmarked, you can have your your time tracking system actually alert the person working to let them know the percentage of time through a project that they've actually completed. That way, you can actually have the system alert them at this percentage of time. So that in this specific scenario, and this there's a little bit of nuance to this, but to have 10% of time, 20% of time, 50% of time, 85% of time, and 95% of time be an alert to the individual working on that project for the time that they have allocated, That way, they will actually check in with the creative lead or the strategy lead on a project to make sure that they're going in the right direction so that loads of work doesn't need to be redone. Unfortunately, you always have some aspect of work being done that has 
different interpretations and different creative inspiration and different creative direction, but making sure you have the appropriate kind of check-ins throughout that project that allows for things to go really well. Final topic that and final operational chaos item that we have for chat today that is kind of client issues. We talked about that in a previous episode this season about demanding clients in a big way. But the other kind of major issue that I see really is a misunderstanding of timeline, which causes the client to not provide the information what they need. So you're hurrying up to stop and wait and shelve a project to then pick it up a week later, two weeks later, three weeks later, which makes the project less profitable and has huge operational implications. The other is the client not knowing and remembering the scope. Yes. So as we said in the previous episode, making sure you're managing the expectations correctly, letting them know, and also having a source for them to where they can also reference, you know, what what was said previously, what the scope is, or a way for them to actually keep updated with the project, where it's going. I believe we do that, or I've recommended that people do a daily pulse, right? So that they can keep the, the client updated on what's going on and you'll be able to effectively catch these, any issues faster and be able to respond in a timely fashion. Mm-hmm. A couple of little tips and tricks that I would suggest largely when it comes to timeline things and expectations that is a really useful tool is that if you have regular client meetings, just actually include the timeline and kind of, you know, when you walk into a mall or it has that little red sticker, you are here, kind of doing the same thing with your project timeline, right? Of like, hey, here's where you currently are in the project, and then here's the next phase, or here's the next deliverable. Is it an agency responsibility? Is it a client responsibility? And what is the timeline that they actually have to provide that? And then actually having someone follow up with them. But then also having the meeting include the actual scope of work at the top of that meeting. So it's like kind of the just beginning hit point. You don't even necessarily need to hit it every time, but it's reminding the client of what that actual, what the actual scope is. There's no surprise to them. It's something that's in there in front of them on an ongoing basis because largely people forget, right? They signed that contract two months ago, three months ago, a year ago, and they don't remember and make sense that they don't. So help remind them so that it's something that's easier and more clearly. I hope this episode was really helpful for all of you in managing operational chaos in your agency. And Darren, thanks so much for joining today and providing some insight. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Once again, thank you so much for carving out the time to hear what was shared on today's podcast. Now, chances are, if you're an agency owner listening to this podcast right now, then you may be feeling like this. Because I was finding myself constantly overworked within our business, um, constantly like too busy with fulfillment or too busy with uh, customer service needs. So I didn't have the time to go think about how am I going to close this person or what I'm going to say to this person or what am I going to do with this or what's the next strategy I need to do. Now, of course, this podcast is here to help you with a lot of things. But at one episode per week, it's going to take a while for us to share everything you need specifically for your situation. So if you're really serious about committing to fixing the problems in your agency now, so you can build a truly profitable business and get your life back, then I want to invite you to apply for the Agency Accelerator Program. 
I'm not so stressed during calls thinking, oh my gosh, I got, I got to sell, I got to sell, I got to sell because if I don't sell, I don't make our I don't make our numbers, you know, and if I don't make our numbers, I can't pay our people. If I can't pay our people, then our business is down. This program is designed to help creative agency owners get to 1 million in revenue per year in 12 months or less. I char typically charge one client a $3,000, anywhere from 2000 to 3000 Now I'm uh, moving towards only 5000 and up. And my latest client that I closed is a $10,000 client on a monthly retainer. We only accept about 20% of the agencies that apply to this program because we want to make sure that we only work with people who will commit the time, energy, and resources required to take what they learn in the program and use it to create an agency of their dreams. You've taught me and you've taught us how to build this within our company that if X happens, this happens. Boom, 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 boom. Like it's so systematic that it's going to work for itself. That has given me the sense of like, oh, I know what the heck I'm talking about. I know what I'm good at. I know that I can deliver upon what I want to deliver. And it, yeah, I gained hell of a lot of confidence for sure. So if that's you, then I want to invite you to apply today. Just hit the link in the show notes to apply for the Agency Accelerator program or go to creativeagencysuccess.com forward slash apply. Thanks. And I'll see you inside the program.